going on, Alabama fans? Ricky Green here for Tide Talk Sports. Got a special guest uh, for today's episode, making his debut on our YouTube channel, Stacy Blackwood, the co-founder of TideTalkSports.com. I want to start today's video off with a question for the viewers like we do uh, most every episode. I want to know from Alabama fans right now, get in the comment section and let me know, do you believe, why for yes, in for no, do you believe we will see that second half defense from this past Saturday for the remainder of the season? Are we looking at something that was a one-time great performance in the second half, or is this what Alabama fans need to expect for the remainder of the year? Give me a why for yes and an in for no, and we'll uh, pin this comment down below so that everybody can see it, and we'll be looking for your answers there. Stacy, man, good morning. Thanks for jumping on this episode with us today. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, just cool as creek water, buddy. Cool as <laughs> creek you. water. Uh, that second half defense, that's what we want to look at today, Stacy. And I wanted to ask you um, what you thought were the biggest differences in the defense through the first three weeks and in the first half of the game Saturday versus what we saw after halftime. I don't know what Nick Saban said or what he did in that locker room, but somebody somewhere woke up. It was a defensive awakening in the second half, and I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on what changed, what happened. Well, well, before I get to that, I would like to point out that, you know, every season you're going to play your best defensive performance, you know, one or two times a year. And you're also going to play your worst defensive performance a couple times a year. And then the rest of the games are going to be about who you are. And if you go back and look, the first half against Missouri, the defense played fantastic. The second half against Georgia, they played fantastic. And then against Texas A&M, they were probably about who they are. And then against Ole Miss, it was probably their worst performance. So I think so far through four games, you've kind of got a picture of or a spectrum for this Alabama defense. You've seen them at their best. You've seen them at their worst. And you've also kind of seen them, you know, who they really are. And I, I think as the year continues, you're going to see a little bit more of what we saw against the, in the first half of Missouri and the second half of Georgia, uh, you know, the rest of the season. But kind of changed. Obviously, Jordan Battle coming back was huge in the back end of that defense. The communication was much better. Uh, we were able to see guys like Malachi Moore, uh, really start making plays. Uh, he, he is just a playmaker back there. I know you named him the the defensive player of the week. And, you know, he, he is just, you know, he, he's more of a, a Minka Fitzpatrick type player where he just makes plays. And uh, that, that's what this defense needs. And, you know, in today's college football, we don't need a, a 2011 or a 2016 defense. We just need to be average or okay. Yeah. Especially with the offense performing the way they're performing and, you know, we're not going to play a better defense than what we played Saturday night. And, you know, Mac Jones and those wide receivers and Najee Harris, and they just shredded that, that Georgia defense. And, uh, but, but getting back to the defense in the second half, uh, obviously they switched to, to more zone. Uh, so that, that helped. Uh, I just feel like getting Jordan Battle back, switching to some zone, really helped the defense play with more, uh, more speed. They were more confident in what they were doing. And uh, I think you're starting to see Dylan Moses played much better, especially in that second half against Georgia, than what he had played the previous two weeks. And 
when, when Dylan Moses starts playing up to his capabilities, that's really going to help the defense out. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I wanted to ask you specifically as well. To me, I went back and kind of watched the second half of our bowl game uh, victory over Michigan. And the defense from the second half against Georgia and that defense from the second half against Michigan was very, very similar, almost to the point <clears throat> where it was a little bit spooky. It was so similar. My question to you, Stacey, is do you believe that Pete Golding was the one calling that second-half defense, or did we look to a guy like Charles Kelly, get Nick Saban more involved? Do you think there was something going on as far as that's concerned? Uh, I, I can't help but think that, that Saban and maybe somebody like Charles Kelly are – are heavily involved right now with the defense and uh, nothing against Pete. I, I think, I think one day Pete's going to be a great defensive coach. He obviously has a great defensive mind or he would not be on the staff at Alabama, but, right. but there's a difference between having a great defensive mind and then getting that to translate it to the players on the field uh, to, to, for them to uh, communicate and for them to execute on the field. So uh, I'm not here to bash Pete Golden, but I think I think it's pretty evident that Nick Saban and Charles Kelly and maybe even a couple of other guys are helping Pete call the defense and uh, communicate with the players on the field. Absolutely. I believe so, too. I just can't believe that Pete Golding by himself right. could flip a switch and make it that different in a 15-minute time period. To me, it looks like somebody had to be helping him a little bit there in the second half. I've seen a lot less moving around prior to the snap. Defensively, it looks like we simplified some things a little bit, like we've talked about many times. What we needed to do was simplify the defense. I saw much less motion and moving prior to the snap, not a lot of stunting and twisting. It was just good old-fashioned line-up, see-ball, get-ball, right. aggressive defense. And I was tickled to death about it. Uh, I, I did my reaction video there after the game and was clearly still uh, a little <laughs> bit too excited. But, man, when the Crimson Tide shows up and plays a complete half of football like that, that's as good as I've seen since we shut out LSU back in 2018. Uh, that was incredible as far as I'm concerned. And I really hope that's what we see moving forward here throughout the remaining uh, regular season schedule as well. Yeah, and, and just – this isn't defensive related, but I don't think we can emphasize enough what it meant for Will Riker to hit that 52-yard field goal going into half. And oh, absolutely. There was, what, 30 seconds left or so when we got the ball on offense and Mac was able to, to get us at least in a position to an attempt a field goal. And, and uh, you know, you got to give it up to Will Riker. Uh, he, he come in in clutch play and made a great kick. Uh, it would have been good from almost 60. It had plenty of distance on us, and he snuck it in on that left upright. And uh, that was really the turning point of the game. And I think you could see how excited the team was for, for Rockard and how much that meant for the team emotionally. You know, Georgia had kind of controlled the latter part of that second quarter, and that kind of breathed new life into this team. And, and I think it started with the defensive side of the ball in that second half. I believe it, man. I, I know that the team, uh, the guys on the team are probably just as aware of the kicker curse <laughs> As all of us are, they've seen it live, missed uh, time and time again to see Rockard not just hit a field goal, but to, like you said, hit a 52-yarder. Uh, I was impressed. I think maybe, I don't want to jinx it, but we might have us uh, 
a kicker that can be solid the rest of the year and maybe even win us a game or two if he's called on to do so. So definitely looking forward to seeing Will Riker continue to develop. We've talked a little bit about the defense. Before we sign off today, though, guys, if you have not already hit that subscribe button, go ahead and do that for me right now. We have a goal for our channel of 1,000 subscribers, and we need your help to reach that goal. We certainly would appreciate it, so go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Stacy. before we wrap up today's episode, we've talked an awful lot about the defense. We covered Malachi Moore being our defensive MVP for the week. Let's just touch a little bit on this Crimson Tide offense, one that proved this past Saturday that they can score even against the best defenses in the country. Uh, just talk to me a little bit about what you see with this offense and what you expect going forward. Maybe even talk about a little uh, what you'll see this weekend against Tennessee. Yeah, just just on the offense real quick. First of all, it starts with the offensive line. They, they, they are playing incredible football right now. The, uh, the the running game has gotten going, and that's that's scary considering the passing attack with, you know, the Mac Jones to Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or John Mechie. I mean, it's just uh, the, the offense is just so explosive. Uh, Mac throws the ball so well on the deep the deep play action passes, and uh, I you know I've kind of run out of adjectives to describe to describe this offense with Mac Jones at the helm and. You know, he kind of answered the bell this week. Uh, he, he got hit a few times, but he yep. got right back up and, and he delivered. And uh, much like the Auburn game last year, you know, when, when he comes off an interception, you can pretty much guarantee he's fixing to throw a touchdown pass. So yep. uh, Mac does a great job of answering the bell when, when he gets hit in the mouth. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about Mac and, and how he's kind of hung in there uh, behind Jalen Hurts then and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And of course, all the hype with Bryce Young this this fall heading into the season. And, you know, Max just Max playing better as good as any quarterback in the country right now, including Trevor Lawrence. No doubt about it. So that brings me to my next question, Alabama fans. Look, if you believe Mac Jones belongs in the Heisman Trophy conversation right now, hit that like button for me, so I'll have an idea of how many of you at home feel the same way I do. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I believe Mac Jones should have his name in that conversation. And uh, I honestly believe that after Saturday, he should even be considered, you know, right there neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence as far as leading the Heisman race goes. Stacy, what are your thoughts on that? You think we'll see Mac Jones in New York in December? Uh, if he keeps playing the way he's playing right now, I don't see how he doesn't win it. Uh, I mean, it's nothing against Trevor Lawrence. We all know what a great player and quarterback Trevor Lawrence is. But it's about the season that you have was what the Heisman Trophy is for. And and Trevor's just not going to face anybody that can challenge him the way that Georgia challenged Mac Jones. And, and we saw what Mac Jones was able to do to that Georgia defense. And like I said, that's nothing against Trevor Lawrence. He's a great quarterback. He's going to be the number one pick and should be the number one pick. But Mac Jones this season is playing better than any quarterback is in the country right now. And, and let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. I know Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram won the trophy for Alabama a few years back. But this is a quarterback award by and large. So right now, if the trophy was given out, it would be Mac Jones. I believe so as well. And I think deservedly so. Mac Absolutely. has not only proven to be a much better than average quarterback, but he's proven that he's a leader. He's tough as nails. 
and he does everything the right way. You couldn't really ask for any more out of your quarterback, if you ask me. And I believe that Mac uh, is going to lead us through the rest of the season. Hopefully, uh, go ahead and bring home number 18 for us here yeah. before too long. I'm going to tell you what, if that defense that showed up Saturday after halftime shows up on a weekly basis, they might as well go ahead and FedEx that trophy on back over to Tuscaloosa uh, where it belongs. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned earlier, the defense just needs to be average. I mean, if, if they can be average with the explosiveness of this offense, it's going to be hard for anybody to, to beat Alabama. Uh, you would have to catch Alabama having a bad day, both offensively and defensively, I think, right now to beat them. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, we got a kicker now, so you feel confident if it's a tight game that you can rely on him to, to make a field goal for you. And, and I know that technically it wasn't a game winner for, for Rocker this past Saturday, but in a way it feels like a game winner because that completely changed the complexion Absolutely. of that game Saturday. So, uh, in essence, it was a game winner. And uh, when you have confidence in a place kicker, when you have an explosive offense, and when you have a defense that uh, is opportunistic, the way this defense is becoming with Malachi Moore making plays. And even, you know, Daniel Wright has, has, has got his fair share of criticism, and deservedly so. He's missed some tackles. He's been out of position. Yep. But he's got two interceptions on the season right now. One of them was a pick six. And there's something to say about a player who is opportunistic. So, I mean, yep. th think of somebody like Tyron Matthew. I'm not comparing him to Tyron Matthew, but, but Tyron Matthew was so good because he was so opportunistic. When you got Absolutely. an opportunistic defense, an explosive offense, and a kicker that you can rely on to make a clutch kick, that's a recipe for a championship team. Yep, and surely uh, I'm sure you're as thankful as I am right now. We're checking all those boxes in Tuscaloosa. I had a couple of those boxes we were wondering about. Right. But uh, Saturday answered a lot of questions I had uh, about this team and where we would be moving forward. All the guys stepped up. Game of the year so far, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. Stacey, before we get off of here and wrap this video up today, tell everybody how they can follow you on social media and tell everybody just a little bit about TideTalkSports.com and what we're trying to do there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, TideTalkSports.com is, is a website that, that we've kind of created together with a few other people where we're just trying to bring the fans of Alabama free content that is premium content. And what I mean by that is we, we have inside information that we are wanting to deliver to the fans of Alabama football that they don't have to pay a monthly a subscription fee for. So uh, just head over to TideTalkSports.com to get free content. Uh, we, we put articles up almost daily, sometimes multiple articles a day. Uh, there's, a, there's a piece over there right now uh, highlighting Miller Forstall somebody that Ricky is close to. They graduated from the same high school there in Cartersville, Georgia. Uh, we wanted to highlight what he means to this team and kind of the mentality that Miller has and how tough he is. And, and uh, I don't think people understand what he means to this Alabama, Alabama offense. You know, he, he missed a couple of series there against Georgia uh, in that first half, and that, that's the series that we struggled with to convert on third down. And I don't think people realize what Miller means to this offense both blocking and receiving the ball. Uh, but, yeah, head over to TideTalkSports.com. We, we have a lot of great content over there. Uh, you can find our podcast there, the Tide Talk Podcast. You can find our YouTube videos there on the video section. Uh, so it's just a great website for, for Alabama fans to uh, get that free premium Alabama athletic content. 
And uh, you can follow the Tide Talk Sports on Twitter at Tide Talk Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Blackwood89. All right, man. I appreciate you jumping on here with me this morning. I've been doing these by myself. Feels good to have a little company every (laughs) once in a while, man. So we'll get you back on as soon as we can. Before we wrap up the video, though, everybody, I want to one more time get you guys to hit that subscribe button right now if you haven't already. We're trying to keep ToddTalkSports.com free for all Alabama fans and reaching our goal of 1,000 subscribers here on our channel can go a long way in helping us be able to continue to have that free for Alabama fans. We certainly do appreciate it. Stacy. we'll see you next time, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.